God's Son. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Art Drucker Miller. Been part of Rick Bonta's ministry for a long time. Love Rick and everything he's about. I'm here this morning with one of my best friends and my youngest granddaughter, Caroline. Hi. And we're going to do something different today. Maybe you've seen something like this before. But we're actually going to go through the uh, entire book of Acts today and just have a little, uh, say, a, just a couple of words about each chapter as we go. And um, the idea is something that we do here in our family, uh, especially Caroline and her older sister. Uh, we, we've had, For each chapter in Acts, we have what we call a pig verse or a pig thought for that chapter. And the idea is that I've done this with a lot of the Bible, that when you have a pig in each chapter, it's, it gives you a word picture in which you can build as you learn more and more about that chapter. You can build the rest of the stories in that chapter. And so we've done that for the book of Acts. In fact, uh, the two girls are working on the book of John now. And they're in our house a couple of days a week uh, when their mother's working. And so we have the opportunity to breakfast to do this. And, and uh, we're, it is going to be very informal. Um, we're just going to t- talk briefly about each chapter. And, and I may actually fill in a little bit more in a few chapters as we go. But I'm going to watch the time so we get through this today. And when we get up to roughly 20 or 21, um, I'm just making a disclaimer for Caroline. She, uh, she doesn't know. She, she's really good up through 20. But the 21 through 28 get a little bit complicated in terms of all the meetings that Paul has with officials and so forth. So we don't know that quite as well. And just in case you wonder, we do have a cheat sheet here in case we can't remember one. But that's always good when you're a little bit nervous. So anyway, we're going to get started. Um, so uh, Caroline, chapter one, what's chapter one? Jesus went to heaven. And that's exactly right. It, that from the Mount of Olives, the disciples were out there and Jesus went off to heaven. And it's a, a beautiful story there about how two angels came and said that they will come when Jesus will come back to this very spot again. And so uh, that's a, a wonderful uh, uh, future that we have to look forward to. And so number two. Um, the Holy Spirit came down. And that's exactly right. Jesus went to heaven uh, 40 days after his resurrection, and then 10 days later that he had told the disciples to all remain in a room in Jerusalem. And sure enough, on the, the day we call it the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and some some great things happened to the disciples where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out on the street, and they were they were different. They were never the same again after that. And chapter 3 is? They healed the man at the temple. That's right. The very next day, James and, or excuse me, uh, uh, Peter and John went to the temple, and there was a man there that had been there all his life. And uh, he was hoping that they, he would, they would give him an alms, some kind of uh, coin or something. But as he looked on, Peter said, silver and gold have we not, but such as we have. We're going to give you what we got. And the man was instantaneously healed right there. And he went off with uh, Peter and John to the temple. And they began to preach the word. And as the, the crowds gathered. And so when we get to chapter 4, we find out. They got in trouble for it. The authorities uh, 
Actually, they put him in jail that night because they didn't like what they were talking about. Uh, people aren't receptive to new ideas, and they really weren't receptive to the idea of, uh, of really who Jesus really was and that he was alive again. So they put him in, in jail, and then on the, on the, um, the next morning, they, that, uh, they all had to come in and answer for their, uh, what, what, uh, about the man getting healed. And so that's chapter 4, that brings us to chapter 5. You lie, you die. Oh, that's a strong one. You lie, you die. And that's a story about Ananias and Sapphira. At this point in time, people came, there was more and more people coming and coming to know Jesus, and they actually were sharing. They began to really share their wealth among each other so that people that had need they could take care of. But Ananias and Sapphira showed up, and... Um, they did actually sell a field that they have, but they lied to the Holy Spirit about um, what, uh, what about the money. And so Peter challenged them about that. And so you lie, you die. And the, and the, the man laid down and died right away. And three hours later, the wife came in and she told him the same story. And she laid down and died, too. <laughs> I'm glad that's not happened today, Caroline, because I would have died a lot of times by, <laughs> by now. So, but that's chapter five. Chapter six. They chose the seven. In chapter seven, the uh, great meetings were going on, many, many people, and the elders wanted to be focused on ministry, and there was a lot of needs, and so they decided that they would choose seven men, and they're really the first, the first uh, deacons, if you will, of the church, and so they cho- chose seven men to to actually distribute goods to people to, to uh, help people out. And so, and, and um, so anyway, that, that was uh, ta- chapter six. And so we come to, so they chose the seven in chapter six. And what happened in chapter seven? They, oh, um, the seven became the six. What happened in seven is one of those men that was chosen in chapter six of the seven was Stephen, a man named Stephen. And in chapter seven, he had the opportunity to become very bold and speak, and speak up to a lot of people, and especially the Jewish people. Uh, they didn't, and it was all, probably all Jews at that point in time, but they didn't like the story about Jesus, the fact that he, Stephen told them the whole story, just an incredible story, and what a great testimony he gave. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the people, uh, they riled up again, especially the elders, and Stephen was stoned right there, and so the Seven became the six, and that's a beautiful story too, in terms of how how Stephen, in the, the last moments of his life, gave gave, it, gave a, a great testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. But he lost his life in the process. So we come to chapter eight. Philip and the eunuch. Yeah, say it again, real loud. Philip and the eunuch. Okay. Great story there. Philip had already been, been ministering quite a bit, but the Holy Spirit had him go down the road. And as he went down the road, uh, he came upon this man sitting there and he was in his chariot and his chariot was probably stopped. But anyway, I, th- I think it was stopped. I'm not sure. But anyway, the man was from Ethiopia. He was actually in charge of the Queen's uh, resources. So he was a very prominent person. He was like a high government official. But he was sitting there reading Isaiah 53, which really tells the story of 
Jesus and his suffering and how he died for us. And so as Philip came up, the Holy Spirit told him to go up and speak to this man. And what a great testimony that is to each one of us as we approach different people. We can ask the Lord, do you want us to speak to this person today or not? And so Philip went up and asked the man and uh, he asked him, he said, do you know what you're reading? And the man said, no, how can, how can I know unless somebody explains to you? So, well, Philip says, okay, well, I'm the man. I'm going to explain it to you. So right there, Philip explained to the, to this man, to this Ethiopian man, um, what he was reading. And as he, pre- he presented the gospel from Isaiah 53, uh, it was really beautiful because the man said, wow, I want to know Jesus. In fact, he said, they must have talked about baptism right away because it tells us that the Ethiopian asked if he could be baptized. And so Philip popped the question to him. He said, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can. And so he said, I do. And so he did. He got baptized right there. And then after that, it's really incredible because it tells us that uh, Philip left, but he didn't lose it. <laughs> he didn't leave the normal way. It tells us that the spirit caught him up and took him to another place where he is to minister. So I don't know if that was the first uh, space flight in Acts or not. But uh, anyway, uh, Philip was gone. He was somewhere else. So that's chapter eight. Chapter nine. Saul into Paul. Saul into Paul. Great story um, of uh, Saul. And actually, Paul is mentioned in chapter 7, because he was guarding the, the clothes of the men who were stoning Stephen. But in chapter 8, he met Jesus himself, because Saul was going to Damascus to uh, cause more havoc with people who were trusting in Jesus. But guess who met him on the way? Jesus himself met him on the way. And uh, John can probably help us out here, but I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, in Acts... Um, Paul is the only one who Jesus met directly. And every other salvation, every other opportunity somebody had to witness, God was Jesus was using one of his servants like you or I. But for Paul, he was a special case. But um, he got the gospel really thrown at him. It was so heavy that day he got knocked off his horse. <laughs> That's not the way to meet Jesus, I don't think. It, but anyway, um, it tells us there, Paul said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. So that was the beginning of Saul. Saul is actually his Hebrew name. Paul is his Gentile name. But that's, we think about, we, we, the name Paul is used a lot more as Paul is talked about in the book of Acts and the books he's written. So that is chapter 9. And chapter 10 is one of Caroline's favorite because it is about Cornelius. Yep, it's really an awesome story about, really, as far as we know, Cornelius, who lived in Caesarea, was um, the uh, really the first Gentile, as far as we know, he's the first Gentile to come into the kingdom to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. But uh, the Lord obviously was working his life, he and his family, that he needed to send some people down the coast to to Joppa, which is a city on down the coast near Tel Aviv today. And he said, you're going to go down and find a man named Peter there, and I want you to have Peter come back to your house because i got work for him to do at your house. 
Well, Peter had to go through a little vision himself because he, as a, a good Jewish boy, had never been in the house of a Gentile before in his life. But the Lord, as he went back with the men from Cornelius' house up in Caesarea, he um, um, had had to go right on in there. And that was really a, a strange thing for Peter to do. And uh, sometimes the Lord calls us and says, hey, I want you to do something. You say, are you sure you're talking to me, Lord? And so anyway, but Peter went in and he shared the gospel with Cornelius and family. In fact, it tells us that Peter wasn't even, he wasn't even finished speaking before the Holy Ghost fell on the whole family. And so we had a, uh, Cornelius and his whole household came to know the Lord that day. What a great story. Now that's chapter 10, right? Yep. That's right. So what happened in chapter 11? Or Peter's report. Peter's report. Peter now leaves Caesarea and he goes back to Jerusalem and all the elders of the church who are all Jewish and say, Peter, what did you do? You went up and you went into the house of a Gentile. So Peter had explained the whole thing, how Cornelius had a vision and how Peter had a vision and he had to do what the Lord called him to do. And so anyway, they all said, well, that's really amazing. We're going to have to start preaching the gospel to all the Gentiles out there because Jesus died for all men. And he wants the Gentiles to be saved just like he does the Jewish people. So that is chapter 11. 11. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter 12. Persecution. Persecution. Now, there had been persecution before, but things were really heating up in Jerusalem. And so, the uh, and one thing that's, that's a little confusing about this time, that the Israelites, the, the, uh, the uh, Jewish people, um, they had their own king. But the people who really ruled Israel at this point in time were the Romans. And so Roman, the Rome always had a governor there. But um, but he would allow the Jewish people to still have a king. And so the king at that point in time was a guy by the name of Herod. He was another Herod, not the one who was around when Jesus was born, but a different Herod, Herod Agrippa. And Herod uh, decided he would do a he would do a, a favor for the Jewish people. And so he actually took one of the disciples. Uh, there's two Jameses. This is James, not not the brother of Jesus, but the other James, and actually had him crucified. And um, so it, he, it, it pleased the people so much because they still were not used to this uh, thing about the gospel of Jesus and everything. So when Herod saw it, it pleased the people. He decided to take Peter and put him in prison. Well, Peter's in prison and he's praying, but there's also a group of people praying. Oh, the prison, the prison opened up and Peter was able to come out unharmed. And uh, when they came looking for Peter the next morning, the people in charge of the prison, they had an answer to do. But anyway, that's the story. And there's so much more to that story. It's a great story. But that's chapter 12. 12. And so uh, what, what do we do next there, Caroline? 13 and 14 are the first missionary trip. Right, and they're kind of combined because it's those those two chapters where we have combined them, because really the story of um, from Antioch, Paul, who's 
who was had back in chapter nine, had gone from crucifying, not crucifying, but uh, really wanting to kill Christians, to be now being an avid believer and one of the first ones to to really propagate and to preach the gospel. Paul was so uh, such a, a good Jewish person; he knew the Bible back and back, back and forth. And so, when the Lord met him. And he was ministered to. He began to realize right away that Jesus was ex- exactly who he said he was. He's the Messiah, and he rose from the dead. So Paul is now ready that he is preaching the gospel. So from from Antioch, which is up north of Jerusalem, from Antioch, it's actually up in Syria is where that is. Uh, from Antioch, he and a fellow by the name of uh, Barnabas actually set out on their first missionary trip. And on this first missionary trip, they go up, uh, they go up the coast, uh, where the Mediterranean, uh, goes out and, and they go on up above the Mediterranean there and they're into, a, uh, it was referred to back in those days, maybe it still is in Asia Minor, but it's actually like Western Turkey. If you look on a modern day map, it'd be Western Turkey. And, and they actually, uh, under, then, of course, Paul had really two ways to travel. Well, uh, he had, well, maybe three. He definitely had his foot, and he did. He did a. He had his feet. He did a lot of walking, just like Jesus did. But all the way, also when they were sailing, when they could on the Mediterranean, they sailed. So on this first first trip, they went by um, Cyprus. I got to check my map there, make sure I'm right, and, and, and ministered there. And then they went on up uh, on land and ministered up in this area, which is referred to as Asia Minor. Also, it's a greater area named Galatia. And one of the beautiful things that when you study the book of Acts is you, you can go and read Galatians and Colossians and Philippians and Ephesians and, and, and the books. You can, as you read the book of Acts, you can go and see the books that Paul wrote because Paul spent a lot of time on these missionary trips. It wasn't like an overnight thing, a night in a holiday in and on to the next city. No, he spent a lot of time in these cities. And so even like in Corinth and some of the places, Ephesians, Ephesus is another place where he actually spent a lot of time and wrote books. So, the uh, chapter 13 and 14 was the first missionary trip, and they came back, and then they, on, when they came back to Antioch, they, they went on down to where? they. So we come to chapter 15, which is... Council in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> That's all right. You're doing great, Caroline. Say it again. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. There you go. Doing great. Okay. Um, the in, in Jerusalem, the uh, again the um, the elders of the church were gathered there, and they, they wanted to know get, get a full missionary report, and so they had had a had a report, and then they also agreed. That, you know, we have so many Gentiles, and I keep using the word Gentiles, but that just represents all the other people of the nations other than the Jewish people. And he said, you know, there's so many people coming into the church. We, we need to, um, uh, we need to decide what we need to tell the, the, the Jewish people in terms of what, whether do they need to keep the law that we've kept or are they free? And they came to realize that as a result of Jesus fulfilling the law, and dying for us, that we're really free from the law. We don't keep the law anymore. We want to, uh, to to keep the Ten Commandments and all the law as far as uh, wanting to serve Jesus, but we're not required to keep the law. And so they, at the council in Jerusalem, they um, 
went ahead and decided. And you know what? I'm going to run out of time if I don't speed up here a little bit. How are we doing on time? We doing okay? I think we're doing all right. We'll keep going. We'll speed up a little bit. Okay. Now, um, in, um, okay, so that was chapter 15. What's chapter 16? What's your peg verse in, or peg point in chapter 16? What must I do to be saved? Ooh. We're now in, on the second missionary trip. We're up in a place called Philippi. And, um, Peter and, uh, the people with them, they get arrested. Well, it was, it was Silas, a man by the name of Silas. They get arrested because, again, the people didn't like what they were saying. They didn't want to receive the gospel. So they got taken into jail. But that night, they, uh, they were in there singing praises and, uh, uh, the, the jail opened up and everybody was free. And the jailer himself, he wanted to go and commit suicide because he afraid it. But Paul said, hey, don't do yourself any harm. We're all right here. And as a result of that, preaching the gospel, uh, the Philippian jailer himself, his whole family, uh, got saved at night, and they all got baptized. Chapter 17. Paul in Athens. Okay. Now, on that trip, Paul, and we're actually in Greece now, by the way, which is west of where the first missionary trip was. And Paul in Athens, he recognizes that the Athens are very superstitious. They have a god, they have a statue every a guy. In fact, they have so many statues in case they miss one. They um, have a, a statue to the unknown god. And Paul says, "I'll tell you who the statue is, who the unknown god is. He's Jesus, and he preaches the gospel to them right there in Athens. It's a great story." And so, chapter chapter eighteen, the motorcycle game. Okay, you got to say that again. Say it really loud. The motorcycle game. Okay. We like to talk about 18 because at 18, uh, um, Paul came in contact with, and he's in Corinth now, he came in contact with two people, a husband and wife who had come from Rome, Priscilla and Aquila. And I never can remember which names. They both sound like women's names to me, so I can't remember but in that trip, they also met Apollos. So we'd like to think about if these people could, they would ride around on motorcycles. So we'd always talk about the motorcycle gang getting together. But great ministry out of that trip. And now, 18, right? And 19 is the Holy Spirit falls in Ephesus. In 19, the Holy Spirit fell in Ephesus just like he fell at Cornelius' house and just like he came it came upon the people back in Acts 2. And it was a great celebration there because now the people in, in Ephesus who believed um, um, had, had come into the fullness of the gospel. And that's chapter 19. Now, chapter 20 is... Unicus Splat. Because um, when and now they're, they're in a town called Troas, and Paul, as he did, he knows so much. Uh, he's a little bit like Brother Rick. He can speak all night about Jesus. So he spoke. He uh, uh, went on and on and on. And there was a man by the name of Eunuchus sitting in the window, and he went to sleep and fell out. So it had to be more than a one-story building. We don't know how high it is, I don't think. But anyway, Paul went down. And whether Paul, he actually came back to life or Paul just revived him. But anyway, 
Paul said his wife is still in him. And so Eunicus came back up and he stayed awake for the rest of the meeting. <laughs> That's chapter 20. Is that right, Carolyn? Yes. Okay. 21 and 22. Well, uh, I'm going to really uh, kind of get into these just a little bit. How are we doing on time? We got about another five minutes or so? Yeah, we're, we're in good shape. Um, in, in 21 and 22, Paul comes back to Jerusalem and people are so confused about him. First of all, they don't want to receive the gospel. But the Jewish people especially are really confused. And Paul comes back and thinks it's uh, going to really help him for him to take a vow with four other men, which is a Jewish custom, and go into the temple. So he does. And so they're in there, I think, for four days. When they came back out, the, the the people are so incensed about what who is this 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 uh, Paul guy? One day he's a, acts like a, a Greek, and the next day he's doing Jewish things, and so they really get in a big row. And it was such a big row that the the uh, officials had really got involved with him, and so they actually put him in prison. So twenty one through twenty eight is really a lot about Paul dealing with different government officials. Um, so in 21 and 22, he actually gets to speak to the crowd. He hope, he's hoping to get them to quiet down, but he actually gets put in prison. And so then now, and now the governors are involved. And so in, in chapter 23, Paul is brought before the Sanhedrin and actually brought before the governor, the Roman governor, Felix. And, he had, and so he, every time that Paul does that, he gets in trouble. But guess what? He gets the opportunity to present the gospel to more people. And but this this goes on for quite a period of time. There's a number of periods of time in these chapters where Paul is actually kept in prison for a long period of time. But and so in this case, before too long, the the, the Roman governor Felix is replaced by a governor by the name of Festus. That sounds a little bit like Sesame Street or something, doesn't it? Anyway. So Felix is replaced by Festus, and Festus is interested too, but he just leaves and he wants to do the Jews a favor, so he leaves in prison, he leaves Paul in prison for a long time. But then another man comes on the scene, and his name is Agrippa, and he's actually a, a new Agrippa now, but he's actually the, like the Jewish king again. He, he doesn't, he doesn't really have a kingdom, but they, they keep him in place because, or the Romans keep him in place. So he, so Paul is now dealing still with Festus, the Roman governor, and now he's dealing with Agrippa. And so he comes before both of those men. And in chapter 26, he's before. And so Festus says, Paul, much learning has made you mad. But Agrippa says, Paul, you almost persuade me to come, become a Christian. And you know what a beautiful thing? I mean, I, I wish that Agrippa had become a Christian, but that's all we're supposed to do. We're supposed to re- present the gospel. And whether a person receives it or not, Paul was faithful to the word and presented himself in the gospel the way he should. So now in chapter uh, 27. Is shipwreck. Shipwreck. Because now Paul Paul says, you know what? He's actually being, being sent to go before um Caesar himself in Rome, because God has told him, the Lord's son says, you know what, you're going to present the gospel even in Rome while you're still alive. So now they're on their way to uh, to Rome, but on the way, they, they go through some tremendous storms and things, and they actually 
actually have a shipwreck. And um, first, the officers and everything on the ship, they want to, because they have Paul and some other prisoners, they want to kill the prisoners. But the Lord comes and tells Paul, he says, no, the whole, everybody's going to, everybody on this ship's going to be saved because you're still going to preach the gospel. You're still going to stand for me in Rome. And so Paul tells the captain, he tells the guard, the person that's guarding Paul, he says, no, we save all the men. But what happened was the ship got totally destroyed, but every person was saved. And they ended up on, a, on an island called Malita. Well, when they got to Malita, uh, that's chapter 27. What happened in 28? What's the first thing that happened in 28? The snake bite. Snake bite. They're in this village on this island. Everybody's safe. But Paul's getting some firewood and out comes a viper and bites him and hangs on his hand. So right away, the villagers, the chief says, he must, he must have done something really bad that that viper came out and got him the superstition. Well, Paul just goes in and shakes, shakes that viper off and he lives. And so then the village chief says, well, I guess he, he, he must not be a bad man. He must be a god. He must be friends of the gods. So he got friendly. The father of the uh, village chief was sick. And so Paul went in and laid hands on him. And that man was healed. And now the village chief says, wow, this is amazing. i got to hear the gospel. i got to hear about Jesus. So many people in that island got saved as a result of that shipwreck. Well, that's chapter 28. And Paul and that group of people, uh, we don't know exactly, but his guards went on to Rome. And Paul got to live in Rome for a number of years and preach the gospel and share uh, share the good news with lots of folks until he himself gave his life and lost his life uh, being executed by Caesar. So that's my story. And I think we're just about at 30 minutes. But... Um, I just I didn't pray at the beginning. I'd like to just say, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity and for this opportunity to involve Caroline with me today to present this story. Caroline, you did a great job, and I just yeah. thank you for you. And so, Lord, I thank you that you can use the story to bless people, and they'll think about using the peg method to begin to remember things in the Bible better as we have done. And Caroline also is going to do something special on Sunday. What's going to happen to you on Sunday? I'm going to get baptized. She and her mother and her dad are all going to get baptized on Sunday. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Praise God. So, praise the Lord for this opportunity to share this today. I hope it's meaningful to some folks in the future. And thank you, John. All right. Thank you, Brother Art. Thank you, Caroline. All right. You're welcome. From the seed of Abraham And them through the wilderness into the promised land in boundless love and mercy he gave his only son who became the sacrifice for everyone oh god's mercy so amazes me oh god's mercy so amazes me to every generation he gives the joy of his salvation oh God's mercy so 